G'day, g'day. Welcome back to episode 261 of the Create and Thrive podcast. My name is Jess Van Den and today I am bringing you an episode that is all about product photography. One of the most important things that you can get right or wrong that will affect the success of your online business. So today's episode, I'm bringing you about 10 tips ways that you can improve your product photography. Now, this episode is, of course, also available as a video on my YouTube channel. So if you're more of a visual learner, I recommend you go check that out because I give some examples, etc. So you can do that over on youtube.com forward slash Jess Van Den. That is my channel. And you can watch this in video form. But if you're going to stick around with me here on the podcast, awesome. Uh, I am back to work this week. I went away for a couple of days with some of my girlfriends for a 40th birthday trip, four-wheel driving trip to Morton Island, which is a beautiful island just off the coast of uh, the Sunshine Coast in Brisbane, where I live. And we hired a house and had a really lovely time and enjoyed the beautiful clear water and snorkeling and all the lovely things you can do over there just across the bay from where I am. But I am now back home and getting back into work. So this month, talking a little bit about photography. And later in the month, uh, over on the Thriver Circle, I have a workshop on the, uh, you know, the key steps you need to take to edit your product photos. Because honestly, if you're not editing your product photos, you need to be. And I know that it can be a bit overwhelming, like what the heck do I do? There's so many things I could be doing to edit these photos. Uh, I'm going to kind of take you through the basic steps that you should always be taking and uh, just giving you some tips on what to look for and what to do and what not to do when it comes to editing your product photos. So that's going to be available in the Thriver Circle as a live workshop at the end of May. And uh, of course, if you're hearing this later on, it is going to be available recorded and you can watch it back at any time and take that workshop in your own time. And you can find that over at thriveatcircle.com. That is my membership community for makers. Shout out to all the members of that community. They are who make this podcast possible. So if you do want to support the show and learn a lot of very useful information while being part of the community, which is full of wonderful people, and you can get access to me on a daily basis as well, you can do so over at thrivercircle.com. I'd love to get to know you uh, and uh, have you as part of our community over there. So without further ado, let me get on with today's episode. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name is Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers just like you create and grow successful handmade businesses. So are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. Number one is to use natural daylight as much as possible. This is because it just gives the most true to life colors. And when I say natural daylight, I don't mean direct sunlight. Generally speaking, you want to be using diffuse light. So that means if you're outside, it's good if it's a cloudy day or if you're under some sort of cover that stops direct sun from getting to you, but that you get diffuse, clear, bright sunlight through. You might be using a window in your house, for example, is a great place to do this, using the nice diffuse light coming through the window, not direct sunlight. But if you can't use natural light, then you want to be using white daylight bulbs. Don't ever use kind of the old-fashioned incandescent yellowish bulbs because they will give all of your products a horrible yellow color cast to them. 
and that is not true to life and it just doesn't look good. So you want to make sure that you're using white daylight bulbs. They're very easy to come by. You can get LED lights. You can get them at the hardware store. I have some proper box lights that I use and also some LED lights that I use. I'm using them to film right now. I've got one up there and one up there and they're uh, bulbs with diffusers on them. So they have like these big uh, rectangular diffusers with a cover to kind of spread the light around so it's not so um, direct because what you don't want is harsh shadows in your photos you want to avoid that uh, most of the time there are some you know times that it might fit your branding to have really harshly lit products but generally speaking for the vast majority of us that is not the look we're going for and that basically brings me to number two which is avoid harsh shadows and the way to do this is to use diffuse light so indirect light or use fill lights as well. So if you are shooting inside, you can't just use one light because if you do that, you're going to get those harsh shadows. You need to use multiple lights in different um, positions in order to fill in the light nicely. So you might want one light to one side, one light to another side. You might want a light above, a light behind the product, not directly behind, but like illuminating the background, for example. Uh, you might want a light like just under or above your camera that's shining directly on the item. You really have to play around here and see what works and what's necessary to get really good photos. If you're using something like a light box, generally you'll have like a light above and a light on either side uh, in order to really fill that space with light. Uh, I generally like to have a little bit of contrast, so not harsh shadows, but a little bit of soft shadowing happening in my product photos. Uh, so I like to have one light that's brighter than the other for that reason. And you can play around with your positioning here to get the look that you're going for with your product photos. Number three, avoid camera shake. So that is where when you take the photo, it causes blur because of the movement of pressing down on the actual shutter or just you don't have very stable hands. I have kind of slightly shaky hands just anyway so it's really important to avoid this blur there's a couple of ways you can do it one you can just take heaps of photos and hope that some of them are okay <laughs> uh, another way you can do it is to put your camera on a tripod and then either use a timer so you press the button and then it takes the photo like two seconds later or use um, an external app I have on my phone because I, ha I have a Canon camera. It comes with an app that you can use as an external camera, basically. So I can set my camera up and then I can use my app to actually take photos. So that's how I often take selfie, uh, the selfies or the pictures for my YouTube covers is I'll sit like this and I'll pull up the app on my phone, I'll put the like five second timer on because I want it to focus and then I press it. Then I just put my phone down and do whatever the poses that I want to do. So you can do something similar with your jewelry photos. And again, if you're using just a phone to take your photos, that's fine. Uh, you can still use something like a timer function or you can usually get really cheap little Bluetooth remotes for your phone camera. I have one somewhere and you can use that so that you're not pressing on the screen or clicking the button on your phone as well. Basically, you just want to remove the um, chance that you're going to be causing that blur when you're taking the photo, especially if you're photographing small things because you have less room to make a mistake there. Number four, take lots of photos. Don't be stingy. <laughs> We're way past the days of using film. We can take as many photos as we like. So even if even taking photos from the same angle, take like five or 10 of them. Like who cares? The more you have, 
the more likely it is you'll get that perfect shot that you really need. Like I'll often take, you know, 30 or 40 photos of, or maybe even more than that of one of my products, maybe 50 or 60. If I'm really not quite sure, usually it's around 20 these days because I've been doing it for a long time, but don't, don't like hesitate to take heaps of photos because then you can just go through them, delete any doubles and find those photos that are just right. So take lots of shots because what you don't want to do is go through all the effort of setting up to take all your photos and then you go to do your editing and realize that (laughs) you just don't have the right shot that you've got camera shake or you don't have the right angle or whatever. Um, And speaking of editing, I'm going to tell you at the end of this video about an upcoming workshop I've got in my membership community for makers of Thriver Circle, which will show you exactly the steps you need to take to do basic product photography editing. So if you're a newbie and you really have no idea, or you just would like a little bit of guidance around some of the tricks that you can use to make your photos pop and look better, have a look at that workshop. I'll tell you more at the end. Number five is to get to know your camera settings. Try not to be the one who just uses the auto settings because you really don't have much control over that. Yes, if you're just starting out, auto is okay, but it's really not ideal because there are certain things that you want to alter to make sure that you are getting the perfect photo because the better your photo is, the better it will look after editing. There's only so much you can do with editing to fix up, you know, a bad photo, for example. So get to learn just the basics, um, things like your shutter speed, your uh, focal point or aperture, your ISO. So those are the things I would say that you really want to learn about because that affects how much light is coming into the camera. You may need to, you know, make it brighter or make it darker depending on the mood you're going for and the look you're going for. Most of us are going to want it to be pretty bright, but not so bright that it washes out the product. So you really just need to understand those couple of basic things about your camera. And that goes to your phone as well, because if you are just using a phone, you can most likely on pretty much every phone I've ever seen, there's some sort of expert mode or manual mode where you can go in and actually adjust these and you are going to get a better photo if you learn how to use that mode on your camera rather than just using the auto mode. If you'd like me to do a video on this aimed at you, um, my handmade product creators to kind of take you through the basics of learning about how to use your camera properly, let me know in the comments below. It's definitely something I could do just to cover those few basic things so you understand what they are. But honestly, there's a lot of stuff out there on YouTube already that if you just look for, you know, how to set up my camera or basic camera um, settings, you'll probably find something that will help you to understand those settings. Number six, is to use different angles. So this is easy for those of us who freehand. So if you are taking photos freehand and you can move around a lot, you can change your angles, you can come from, you know, low, come from above. Uh, If you have set up like on a tripod using something like a light box, it's a lot harder to do this because, you know, you've only got certain places you can take photos from and you have to move the tripod around. But honestly, it's worth playing around. Um, Even if, you know, you are going to use, say, a light box, just play around before you put stuff in there and put it on a flat surface and just move around and sort of look through the camera lens and see what looks good. What sort of angles make that product interesting? You want to remember that that first photo that you have in your shop, it needs to show the product, but it doesn't necessarily need to show everything about the product. 
It needs to entice the person to click. Okay, so that is what you want to do. Think of that first photo. It's it's a bit seductive, right? You want you want it to be a photo from an interesting angle that captures someone's attention, encourages them to click through, and then you know your follow-up photos can be a really basic straight on, you know, square photo. The first one doesn't necessarily have to be that as long as it still shows the product clearly. So try lots of different angles to see what might work with your products. Like I know with a lot of my products, I don't like the just straight down, you know, I've got my, say I have a pair of earrings or a ring or something, a straight down photo just doesn't do them justice. It, you know, I want to be on a lower angle or off to the side a little bit, for example. Uh, same with rings, like how I'm going to stand them up, how am I going to organize them to take the photo? So play around with your products and see what sort of styling of that product and direction of the photo will really create that shot that's going to make people click. Okay, number seven, background. Make sure that you are using a complementary or contrasting background to your product. Um, I see a lot of people, especially people who make silver jewelry like me, who use a white background. I personally really hate white backgrounds for silver jewelry because silver is so light already that using a white background for me, it just disappears into the background. It doesn't give it a nice contrast. It doesn't make it top, right? So I never use white backgrounds for my silver jewelry. I use um, wooden backgrounds. I use darker colors to make that contrast happen and make the product stand out from the background. You really want to do that. Make sure that your product does stand out from the background and that it doesn't just disappear into the background. Another thing to remember is don't use distracting backgrounds. So a bit of a rule of thumb for this, if your product is plain, you can have some sort of textured background. But if your product has texture, have a plain background. You don't want a textured product on a textured, overly textured background because you're, that's too much for the eye to take in. You know, again, think contrast, think making your product stand out from the background so that people see it and really get drawn to it. Number eight, is to take enough types of different photos. I actually have a whole video on this. I'll put a card and a link in the description below about the seven types of product photos you should be taking for your handmade business or your Etsy shop. Uh, I go into all of those different types of photos in that video, so I won't go into them in detail now. Do go check that out. There are a different like a lot of different types of photos, like a group shot or a lifestyle shot that you want to be taking rather than just taking that one boring, plain product shot, which is important. Don't get me wrong. But if that's all you're doing, you're really missing out on an opportunity to sell the lifestyle and the, the vibe basically of your product to your ideal customer. Okay. Number nine is to learn the rule of thirds and use it in composing your photos. So this is the idea that I'll put up a diagram to show you what this is talking about, that you cut um, your your view into thirds, sort of here and here and here and here, and that having something sort of in these sort of cornery bits is an interesting way of framing pictures. So it's a bit more artistic than just having the thing like smack bang, even in the middle of the photo. You might like, you know, if I was doing something like this, I'd be kind of up in this top third or you know I could be leaning forward like this 
um, you know, having an arm over here or something. Anyway, it's playing around with this idea of framing and where you want your product to be in the frame to make things a little bit more interesting. So um, have a look into that. I'll try to find a good reference for that and put it in the description. But otherwise, just Google rule of thirds photography and that'll just teach you a little bit about some of the basics of framing your photography and framing your product in the frame. How many times can I say framing in one sentence? That was too many. <laughs> How to frame your product in the picture. There we go. And number 10, my final uh, tip on how to have excellent product photos is always edit your photos. Do not just take photos. I don't care how good they are. You should be editing your photos. Okay. Uh, the, the basics of increasing the clarity or contrast, uh, maybe increasing the highlights, maybe, um, you know, making the shadows less or more visible. Do you want to sharpen the photo at all? Like there's all these different things you can do in post-production for your photos to make them better, like a lot better and make them really pop while keeping them true to life. Because what you don't want to do is over edit your photos so that they become uh, you know, the, 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 the colors are too bright and then the person gets the product and is disappointed, for example, uh, or you overexpose the picture by increasing the, the exposure or contrast too much. And it just looks wrong and, and unnatural. So always edit. And there's some basic things you can do to make sure that you are doing a good job with your editing and make the photo look true to life. As I said earlier, I am doing a workshop on that, a live workshop in my membership community, The Thriver Circle. That's over at thrivercircle.com at the end of this month uh, on you know the basics of handmade product photography editing. So I'm going to show you, I'm going to give you a couple of uh, suggestions of software that you can use on your desktop or on your phone. And I'm going to take you through some examples of how to properly edit to make your photos look really good and to do it relatively quickly so you're not spending heaps and heaps of time, you know, having to edit these photos after the fact. So this is a live workshop. I run a different live workshop inside my membership uh, every single month. It's a video workshop. And if you miss the live workshop, all of my workshops are recorded and available to members of the Thriver Circle. As soon as you join all the previous video workshops on so many different aspects of running a handmade business are available inside the circle. You also get access to me in the private community, all of our other amazing hundreds of members in the community, uh, and also my course, Your Year to Thrive, which is a year-long comprehensive course that will help you start and grow a thriving and profitable handmade business. It's one lesson a week for 52 weeks, and you get access to starting that as soon as you join as well. So if you'd like to find out more or join me for that workshop, head on over to thrivercircle.com. And shout out to all the members of that community. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for being there. And uh, I hope you come and join me. Thanks so much for listening to the show again for this fortnight. I'll be back again soon with another episode. In the meantime, you can see me weekly on my YouTube channel over at youtube.com forward slash Jess Van Den or catch me over on Instagram at create and thrive and say hello. Uh, I'd love to hear what you thought of today's episode or of the podcast in general. Drop me a DM and let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening and I'll be back again soon. Bye for now.